Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, Ottawa got their goalie. It's Jonas Corposalo, signed to a five-year, $20 million contract. So who is he? We'll tell you all you need to know about the Sens' new netminder. And they're bringing back some familiar faces. Two young defensemen signed extensions. And paying money for vets in Belleville. It's a new concept for Ottawa, and we absolutely love it. We'll get into that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team. Every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 833 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Piller in the nation's capital, Ottawa, Ontario. Today is Monday, July 3rd. And while you're listening at this, we're at Sens Development Camp doing live interviews for the first time in the show's history. Yeah, this is uh, something new and challenging for us. We got brand new equipment. We got cameras set up. We got our guy, Liam's Martian, is going to help us out. And we're excited to get a chance to talk to some of these uh, prospects, some of them, for the first time. So it's going to be a lot of fun. The mythical creature will be on the show. Let's put it that way. Lilim's Martian? Well, he could be. No, <laughs> Philip Nordberg making his first appearance in Ottawa. He missed development camp last year. Tyler Clevens at his first development camp in Ottawa as well. Tyler Boucher coming back from his shoulder surgery. Still not cleared for contact, but he is expected to be on the ice. But Pilsy, that all pales in comparison, I say respectfully, to the fact that the Senators have signed a goalie for five years. We laughed in the past at the three-year deals. Remember Mike Condon got the three-year yeah. deal? I think Anders Nielsen may have gotten a three-year deal. Andrew Hammond, didn't he get that three-year extension? He got that three-year extension. Then they went four years for Matt Murray, and now it's five years for Jonas Corpusal. We know in free agency you pay more, either term or dollars. What was your immediate reaction when you found out the news? It was a mix of emotions, Ross. It was relief and a bit of concern. Now, you did a great job uh, with that update video about uh, Jonas, Jonas Corpusalo being signed by the Ottawa Senators. I was at work, so I couldn't help you out. So if you'll let me, I'll do my little uh, Corpusalo rant here. Go off, King. All right. Well, I'm going to do what uh, something I learned from Brian Burke's book, Ross, and that's called A Positive Sandwich. So I'm going to start with something positive fill in my concerns and finish off with something positive. That's what he he said. If you haven't read his book, I would highly recommend it. What, no matter what you think of Berkey, he's an interesting hockey guy, but he said that's how he would talk to players a lot of time. Hit them up with something positive, tell them something negative, and then leave them with something positive. So that's what we're going to do with Jonas Corposalo here. So starting off with positive, positive Pilsy here. It's great that they found a 1A goalie. I think universally people would agree that Jonas Corposal is not a bona fide number one. He never even really played as one in Columbus. Maybe a little bit before Merzlikens really came onto the scene, but even still, he didn't play over 40 games. I, I think you mentioned, Ross, that his most games played was last season at, like, what, 39? 39. If you're watching on YouTube, we'll pull it up for you there. 18-14-4 record, a 287 goals against, 914 save percentage. But in years past, we'll get to it. I'm sure you will. 
but his goal saved above average was the best in the National Hockey League last year, 11.5. If he was on the Senators for goals above expected that the team allowed, the Sens would have allowed 14 less goals last year across the season. And they could have used that. My God. So there's Ross filling in on the positive side of the positive sandwich as well. So, and if you're just listening, uh, we can list off these stats. Oh, okay. Already happened. Already got the stats listed. I was not listening apparently, but so here's the thing. So they got a one, a goalie in free agency, their combined goalie salary for the next two years is going to be 6.75 math guy. That's pretty damn good. Like a lot of teams are now paying much more than that for, I mean, uh, look at some of the bona fide number one goalies. They're making eight or, or more million. So to have both goalies under 8 million is definitely something that you look at as a positive for the Ottawa Senators, especially with how their team is set up now. The top six is, is great. One little asterisk uh, on the cat. Yeah. Uh, the decor is looking very solid, and we'll get to that later. But that's that's what I want to hit on first, Ross, is they were looking for a 1A goalie, and they got one. So what's the negative? I'm not I'm not going to call it negative, Ross. We're going to call it concerns. These are some concerns. So you talked about uh, Jonas Corbusello's uh, goals above expected being very good last season, which they were. Now, this is from Ian Mendez article at The Athletic. As you guys know, we are huge fans of Ian's work. He always does a great job. This is a quote from his article in in the 2020-21 and 2021-22 seasons combined, Corpusalo appeared in 55 games for Columbus and posted a .88 save percentage. Not great. Columbus. That, yes. That save percentage was the worst of any NHL goaltender who appeared in less, uh, at least 50 games in that time span. Hockey Reference also listed this as minus 31.5 goals saved above expected. Also, the worst among any, any NHL network netminder over the course of those two seasons as well. So that's not great, but I think one thing we need to look at is he did have a hip injury that was causing him a lot of issues. We saw this. This is a very common injury for goalies, right? Like uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, when he was in Columbus, he had major hip problems. And uh, I believe he had a surgery that really cha changed things around for him. And that made him feel a lot better. So we're hoping that that comes around. As you mentioned, playing on Columbus. Times were tough in Ottawa, but uh, they were just as bad, if not worse, in Columbus in those times. So that was a tough team to play goalie for. But he's turned it around here now. So just to f fill in the blank there, too, he got this hip surgery at the end of last season. Yeah, not this, not this yeah. one. He just split between Columbus and L.A., but the last in March one. 2022. Another concern here is, again, Ian Mendez article. Go check it out. He talks about other goalies that have signed long-term deals in free agency. And it hasn't exactly worked out for them. We're looking at Jack Campbell. Yikes. Philip Grubauer. Not great. James Reimer, who's already been traded from that deal he signed. But wait, Grubauer was really good this year. It was a dip when he started the contract. I'd argue it's not bad. Well, I mean, 94 games played, a .891 and a 3.04 uh, okay. goals against, and 35, 45, and 9 record. Not awesome. Um, so signing goalies 
to a five-year deal out of free agency typically does not work. And the thing is, you guys will remember from all the free agent talks, all the goalie talks we've had, I didn't list Corpusalo as a guy I was interested in either time. Ross has his hand up. He did. And that's because one thing always concerns me. So LA traded for this guy. He had a really good season with them. And then the last couple games of that playoff series kind of fell apart. When teams trade for a guy and then decide to just let him go, that's a red flag for me. Usually that then that's a team that got firsthand experience to look at them and say, we'll just let him slide here. Well, did you know who LA was so smart to replace him with? I mean, they got him at $3 million less than only a one-year deal. Okay, Cam Talbot. So you're going low risk there, but uh, I'm not saying that's a better deal or Ottawa should have done that at all. All I'm saying is it's very clear the risk the Ottawa Senators took with this contract. That's that's what I'm trying to get at here is, is the risk is very apparent, but you have to take risks if if you want to sign a goalie like this. And uh, I'm much... And, and it's, the, it's the feeding frenzy on, on free agency. You got to beat other teams. That's the thing. And I'm much more comfortable with Corpus Allo over a guy like Tristan Yari and the Penguins. Ooh. Kyle Dubas, I, I don't know. We can get into that later, but I did not like uh, most of the moves that he did here. So those are those are some of my concerns with Corpus Allo's the last couple of years, uh, other than last season, weren't great, and that's a risky deal. Now, to get to the, the bottom bun of the uh, positive sandwich here. You build your sandwiches from the top down? <laughs> okay, so the top bun. Top bun. <laughs> top bun. You're the chef here. Um so there's a couple a couple positives to uh, kind of finish off here with this top bun here, Ross. What I like is that they structured this contract very well. So in the last two years, he's going to be making three and a half million and then three million. We call that the buyout special. Uh, and honestly, at this point, every contract that gets signed in free agency, you kind of have to look at the last couple of years of it and be like, that that's probably going to get bought out. That's how you get these players in. You do big, longer deals and four four million AAV isn't bad at all. And I'm not saying that this is a guarantee that it's going to be bought, but it, it makes it easier if that's the case or if they want to trade him. So that's that's a positive. Another positive is that they've gone a different direction with Matt Murray. That was a guy that they decided to pick up on after his worst years like they're they're like this guy's down bad let's scoop him up which is not always a great strategy i didn't love that and then with camp talbot it's like this is an aging veteran that just had a hot finish to the last season so they're going a different route here Jonas copersalo at 28 is a great age you got five years so he's going to be 33 at the end of this contract nothing wrong with that and then another positive is he already has a relationship with Anton Forsberg. Yeah, super cool. Pierre Dorian loves winners. Did you know that? Yeah, and they won uh, Calder Cup together, and uh, they played a bunch of time together in Cleveland. So I think that that's a really good thing to have a good relationship between the two goalies that are going to be there. And I really do believe that Corpusalo and Forsberg can create a really good 1A, 1B tandem. So to wrap it all up, it's not the top goalie I would have chosen. It's a little longer than I thought, but he's coming off a good year. 
He's got that hip surgery. Uh, it's everything should be good to go now. He's excited to be in Ottawa. He got stability. He got a good contract. And I think that with how much firepower they have up front and the loaded decor now, that you don't need a Vesna caliber goalie. You need two solid goalies. And I think Forsberg and Corpusalo can provide that stability. So overall, I think it was the right move. Jonas Corpusalo will wear number 70 with the Ottawa Senators. And yes, an amazing finish to the year with the LA Kings where he had a 931, sorry, 921 save percentage in 11 games, went 7-3-1 with the Kings. But now he's in the nation's capital. How about the decor that will play in front of him? It's now all but set with Eric Branstrom signing a one-year extension at $2 million and JBD taking a nice low cap hit but gets two years of stability and that one-way contract. It's $805,000. What does that mean for the Sens decor in front of Jonas Corpusalo? We'll get to next. You're listening to Locked on Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Guys, take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. Up to $200? Are you serious? Yeah, not a bad deal from FanDuel. And that's why they are the only sports book that we use, Ross, that are the partners of the Locked On Podcast Network. And $200 that you can be spending betting on everything from money line to over under to who you think is going to be the first to hit a home run all on an app that's safe, secure, easy to use. You guys know that I am a big fan of their app. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. No refreshing a million times to see if you get the green numbers. It hits right away. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. Today's episode is also brought to you by Farm to Fork Delivery. Farm to Fork Delivery.ca. We literally just had Farm to Fork Delivery chicken. It was absolutely delicious. No hormones, antibiotic free. And because we have so much, we bought all this box at the Levitan household and we only wanted five breasts tonight. So what did we do? We went in and just pulled out five because each individual breast is vacuum sealed from the butcher's table so it's sealed fresh right when you open it up you throw it on the grill little seasoning all good we had it with some corn salsa black bean salsa a little sour cream and it was so juicy so fresh and go to farm to fork delivery.ca and taste the farm to fork difference now right now buy one get one for wings are you kidding me like come on wing season is here it's barbecue oh. season two so go head over farm to fork delivery.ca and because you're a listener of locked on senators and i should say as well you can be anywhere in ontario most of quebec southwestern quebec area and you'll be all set to get farm to fork head to farm to fork delivery.ca put in your postal code see that make sure they deliver to your area and then use promo code sends 10 for 10 percent off your first order that's 10 percent off using promo code sends 10 sends 10 using promo code sends 10 10 percent off at farm to fork delivery.ca taste the farm to fork difference you will never go back to grocery store meats All right, Pilsy, a busy start to free agency. 
for the Ottawa Senators. A lot of them minor league moves. We're going to get to those a little later on in the show. They added solid veteran depth. I'm talking former captains, assistant captains, point-per-game guys in the American Hockey League. But let's talk about our own. Eric Branstrom, the franchise, is in on a one-year deal. I was a little surprised to see one year. Seems like he proved a little bit more than to get that, but I was also a little surprised it was up at $2 million on a one-year deal. I mean, I get it from the player standpoint if he feels like he's going to have another step forward. But, man, this just kind of rounds out the decor between him and JBD back. Yeah, it really does. I, I was stoked to see it, honestly. And and I did think it was going to be closer to $1 million. I think I was a little gun-shy in our talks just because everyone was so lower on it. Like, everyone was like 1.5 or less, like... Well, we got bitten by Victor Mete when we said he was going to make one five, and he signs for like nine hundred k. No, I think it was the opposite. We you we said no way he gets over a million, and he got one point one. Oh, nice, <laughs> sick call. So um, it, it's tough to predict those contracts, but look, I, I've said it before, so I won't go into my full rant. But I really do believe that the value for Eric Branstrom is worth two million dollars because. Injuries happen, and unfortunately, Thomas Shabbat tends to get hurt a lot at the end of the season, and I love myself some Jacob Chikrin, but he also has injury concerns, right? So you need a guy, and I'm sure this is what Brandy's team really focused on. You need a guy that can fill in those spots for small sample sizes, and I, I, I'm a believer in Eric Branstrom. I, I feel like I always have been. Now, I'm definitely lower on him than I was in past years, but I do see the potential there, and I think he's going to have a big year. I really think so, too, and I think stability for his partner. Remember how important it was that the sends for Jake Sanderson that he was always going to be with Travis Hamnick. Say what you want about Hamnick, and we're going to get to what's next for Travis Hamnick potentially, but I think that having Branny with a set partner all year, unless, of course, he has to move up, but if you can have a third pair of Eric Branstrom and Jacob Bernard Docker, would you be comfortable with that? Yeah, I would definitely be comfortable with that because I think, too, Ross, now you're looking at a top four that is so solid that that bottom pair doesn't really have to play that much. And I don't want to say DJ Smith can shelter them because, I mean, Eric Branson has a decent amount of NHL experience. And JBD, when he was in the NHL at times, was playing on the top pair with Tom Shabbat. So it's not like these guys need to be sheltered and really protected, but you don't need to be playing them as much just because you can rely on that top four so much. So I really think the the bottom pair, it's okay to have this youth here. And I do think Brandy and JBD can make a nice yin and yang uh, defense pair. Like Brandy really showed, say, say what you want about the points he put up, but he really showed this is a guy that can move the puck up ice and get it into the zone. And typically he would just rip a shot on net, but I mean, hey, that gets an ozone draw and maybe you get a rebound and you create some offense out of it. So the fans were really excited when we put up the poll right after the season. It was 65 percent more or less at a B grade. And it's just a step in the right direction for Eric Branstrom. And if their third pair is making two point eight oh five, like that's that's great value to have on your third pair. Now, you are taking a little bit of a risk with Jacob Bernard Docker as well, because this is a guy stats are never going to tell the story with Jacob Bernard Docker goals assists. It really it's weird to say it doesn't matter 
with Jacob Bernard Docker. You want him to be able to be strong. And that's what I really want to see from Bernard Docker in training camp because I think his reads are good in the defensive zone. He's not panicking with the puck like he was in his first stint in the NHL. He'd probably admit the same. He got hit hard a lot on the forecheck and wasn't able, kind of like Brandy. Like, yeah, that, that is tough for a defenseman to come into the league. These guys are so big, so fast. They close on you so quickly. But now I he's 23. Like, at this point, JBD needs to be able to physically handle battles in the corner. I think he will. And that's why Pierre Dorian is betting on him here with a two year deal on a one way contract. And he was still an RFA. They could have squeezed him out in arbitration. And, and they said, no, like Pierre Dorian was on this show and he said, Jacob Bernard Docker has the inside track to make this team and be an everyday third pair defenseman. If he's strong, I think the reads are good. I think the IQ's there. So I'm excited to see that as a third pair. But to you, is this decor too young? Do they need a Travis Hamanick or another veteran defenseman to fill in as a 6'7 guy a la Nick Holden? Because right now, the only two defensemen who are out from last year's team are the only two guys who are over 30. Yeah, no, it's a good point. So I'll answer your question. Do they need a guy like that? No. Should they have a guy like that? Yes. Because like, like I just mentioned, injuries happen. And especially on this decor, injuries do happen. And if that happens, and let's like let's say Shabbat or Chikrin goes down, and I'm only saying them because they they have had injury uh, issues in the past. So now you're taking two top four guys away, and you're going to bring Brandy up most likely. Now your only other options, if you're watching on YouTube here, are mostly younger players, with the exception of Hetherington and Larson. But those aren't exactly established NHL defensemen either. So I think. It would be good if you can get a guy, uh, honestly, preferably Hamannick, uh, for 1.5 or less. But, I mean, that that's a decision where you don't make that kind of call until you figured out what's going on with Debrinket and that cap hit. Yeah, well, Pierre Dorian said as much in his press conference where it's like, okay, hey, they talked to Hamannick, they made him an offer, but they also said, hey, if we go to arbitration and Debrinket is coming in at 7.8 or a bit more, maybe we can add a few dollars and, and keep you because they want to be fair to him. Because I know people are quick to jump on uh, Travis Hamannick, and I'm actually not sure why. I don't think there's a glaring weakness in his game. It's kind of funny that he takes slap shots at all times, how he beaver taps. He wants the puck on his tape, even when it's like Sanderson will be like starting a one-man breakout, and he's like, no, 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 get it over here. Let's go D to D. But no, all jokes aside, Hamannick's, presence on the PK is is impossible to ignore. He blocks shots. He's killed more penalty minutes on this team since he arrived than anybody else by 70 minutes. Yep. And you know who's second? Jake Sanderson, who relied on Hamannick on the penalty kill. Yep. It is important to have these veterans, and I know some people don't want to hear it, but it is the case. However, there is a line because the Senators now, and we, we, we've been teasing it, we do have to do a salary cap episode one day because the cap does matter. The Senators have $10.2 million right now. 10.2. And that's without Debrinket sign. Like yeah. they are getting down to the nitty gritty of what this team is going to look like. And there's not that much space. So you might have to let Hammond go. And if that's the case, maybe that's why Matin Paolo was, was signed. And yep. maybe that's why you get him in the mix here. And, I am comfortable with that top six, though, without without them. Because JBD projects to be a penalty. He should be on the penalty kill. 
that, I mean, that's his skill set, right? A smart, responsible uh, defenseman that is just going to make simple plays and is going to play good defense. So, yeah, I, I would like to see JBD get some time on the PK. So the way we have the decor, if you're watching on YouTube, I've pulled it up right here. Shabbat Chikrin, Sanderson Zub, Brantstrom, JBD. That's that's your top six. That's young. That's a very young top six but there's yep. also a lot of experience Shabbat's played hundreds of NHL games Chikrin's been in the league since he was 18 years old Sanderson's been in the league since he was 19 but uh well yeah he's 20 now um and then you've got well he'll be 21 I think at the start of training camp I believe yeah Timmy just turned 21 Sanderson's a July birthday his birthday might even be like tomorrow um but yeah so he'll be 21 Branny's 24 23 JBD's the same age give or take um and then you've got you're kind of next guys. Clevin, I think, would be the perfect w- number one guy in the minors. Puck on his stick. Get the puck skills up because he's strong. He's big. He's physical. He's mean. I want to see him with, play with the puck on his stick a little bit more. And I think Hetherington could be a good guy to kind of show him the ropes too a little bit down there. And then you've got the Lassie Thompson situation, which we kind of thought he'd get moved for a pick at the draft. But, man, like the way that's set up, like Larson, Gannett, Hetherington, Mateen Powell, like that to me looks like a very solid AHL decor. Yeah, I would agree. And, and a solid AHL decor is not something the Belleville Senators have ever had. I mean, so this will be a nice change. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to those guys after. Uh, should we switch over to JBD's contract? We kind of went through Branny's. We can go briefly because I think we kind of talked about how it's a bottom pair that's under $3 million. Like To put it in perspective, yeah. Vegas's bottom pair was making almost $5 million with uh, White Cloud and Hague. So I know you're comparing it to the Stanley Cup champion, and right now the Senators are just trying to be a playoff team, but that would be good value. So you like that deal for JBD with the term too? Yeah, I like it. And and I mean, the thing with Branny and JBD Ross is they're both going to be RFA still at the end of these deals. Now, Branny will have our rights again after this deal. Uh, Jacob Bernard Docker will not yet. So I, I think it's a good deal. And it's good too, Ross. The two-year deal, I like that with JBD because that's Pierre Dorian throwing him a bone a little. Like, I know it's been tough. I know you played more in Belleville than you thought. And maybe you didn't get the opportunity in the NHL. But And he's seeing all his Nodak sends come up and play right away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Right? Pinto and Sanderson don't even know where Belleville is. Not a clue. Yeah, I mean, uh, although... They're missing out. Belleville, great spot. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. I think with JBD, that was good to give him the two years and the one way. It just kind of shows that, hey, no matter what you think or what people are saying, we want to show you that we've got faith in you and we're willing to invest. So, And they get him on a good uh, cap hit here. So I like both of these extensions, honestly, Ross. And I think it's just like I said about Corpus Al, the biggest thing is it's a relief. It's a relief that the goalies are set, the decor is set, there's still a big question. Though. There's a big question. Uh, I, I left that out of there, but at least the back half of things are all set. Well, how about Belleville? We're going to get to that next. We also know that playoffs matter this year. There's no excuses. And that no goes excuses. for Belleville as well. Because oh, Be- the Bay of Quinty, they got hosed out of 2020. First place, Norris, Batherson, and Branny, everybody was buzzing. Dax in net. Mm. But ever since, it's been like, okay, they've just gone through deep stretches in the middle of the season where they just fall out of it, and then they're battling just to play a play-in two-game set. Belleville matters. 
And I have a feeling that Michael Anlauer made that very clear in his meeting with Pierre Dorian. We want you to spend money in Belleville. Belleville added five players, Pilsy, all with hundreds of thousands of dollars of AHL deals. These aren't standard AHL contracts. They did add a few. Brendan Saulnier will be back and a few others. You need depth, but they have added legitimate AHL talent that they had previously let go. The Carconis of the world, the Jordan Swars, those guys came in, came out. Maybe that's the case here, but these are a great group of AHL veterans. Who are they? We'll talk about them next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. You're listening to Locked On Senators, your team every day. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And as well, you can find us on Twitter at Send Central, Instagram, LockedOn.Senators. Leave a comment below as well. How are you feeling about Jonas Corposalo? Are you confident with the decor right now? What's next for Alex Dabrinkit? And how do we deal with the cap? The salary cap actually matters now with the Ottawa Senators still needing to sign Shane Pinto, who is still an RFA. Yeah. Igor Sokolov, still an RFA right now. Pay the man. Pay the man. Get this guy. One-way deal for JBD. I'm banging on the table. Give Igor a one-year, one-way contract, 800000 The guy needs to clear waivers anyways. So if you do make it a one-way deal, if you do have to send him down, it's less of a chance he gets claimed and then he can stay in the organization. So that's a bit selfish for me, but also he should be making some NHL money because the guy is, what what's left to do? AHL All-Star, all-time leader in goals, all-time leader in points for the franchise. Get this guy in the NHL and they need yes. scoring in their bottom six and he seems like the kind of guy that can get that done. But Pilsy, we should mention a couple of the players who have... Uh, left for greener pastures although not many have signed right still waiting on dylan gambrell yeah still waiting on julian gautier but we have cam talbot in la we have patrick brown where'd he go patrick brown went somewhere i couldn't believe it first day three rounded yeah i thought maybe you were talking about connor brown no connor brown's in uh in edmonton that's that was what a deal oh my god that was a very that was a very good deal. Uh, shout out our boy Joey Dax, by the way. Oh, Joey Decord, one-way contract, two years. Got the he, bag, one point two mil a year. Hey, nothing, Woo. nothing wrong with that. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I'll bring it up later if I find it. But it's <laughs> forgive r- us if we don't figure out where Patrick Brown ended up it's, going. How about Matt Duchesne in Dallas? Yeah, that's uh, that's some good value. Patrick Brown. How about more like Patrick Brune? Ooh, to Boston. Interesting. Okay. One-way contract, 800000 per UFA deal for him there. But we're waiting on some other sends to sign. Get the hashtag sends abroad going. But Pilsy, I want to introduce people to... Oh, and Scott Sabrin to oh, San Jose. That's why I did that face, Ross. I'm so sad the sends didn't bring back Scott Sabrin. Like, we talked to Igor, and he said that Scott Sabrin's a leader in that locker room. Like, it was the offseason, Ross, and we asked, hey captaincy is available in Belleville like who's a who's a locker room guy you think uh, could be a great captain his first answer was Scott Sabrin and I, I just thought he was a great fit so it's too bad to lose a guy like that but they did bring in some toughness to replace him well and he got a two-year deal in San Jose so that's yeah. good I know he's got a young family there so secure the bag Scott Sabrin let's go with his replacement yeah. a guy who can throw fists and has a relationship with guys on the team, of course he does. The Sens friendship tour. It's Bokanji Imama, voted 
man of the year for the Tucson Coyotes Roadrunners in the AHL last year. Played five NHL games for the Arizona Coyotes. No points, but in the AHL had five goals, 20 points, 109 penalty minutes, and was plus three. Signs a one-year two-way contract. He brings toughness, he brings leadership, and he's coming close to home, a Montreal native. Yeah, I think this was a great deal, and Ross, this was completely off the radar for me. When I saw this signing, I was like, oh, wow, like, that's an interesting move here, and then when I saw Scott Sabern uh, had left, I was like, okay, this makes a lot of sense, but I'm excited. Like, you need guys that are just absolute bruisers in the AHL. You need it. His hockeyfights.com page is wild. Yeah, it's it's something to see. And because that's the thing, like if you have some of these prospects coming in here and it's their first year in the AHL, man, that can be intimidating when you're staring down some of the other enforcers that are around the league, even in, in the division roster. There's a lot of toughness in the AHL North division. So you need to have guys on your side that make you feel bigger out there. And I really feel like Boko is going to be one of those guys. And a mama is also a member of the Memorial Cup uh, St. John Sea Dogs team yep. that also featured Thomas Shabbat, oui. Mathieu Joseph, oui. Julian Gauthier, oui. Au revoir, and Matthew Highmore, another Ooh. acquisition for the Belleville Senators. And he's played 139 NHL games. So he has a lot more NHL experience. He played in Chicago. He played in Vancouver. Most recently, though, he was with Springfield, the farm team for the St. Louis Blues, where he had 68 games, 61 points, and 19 goals. He's from Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's an energizer type player. I would almost say he's Got a bit of Patrick Brown in him, in a sense. Like, he's got kind of that, if he does play in the NHL, he'll be a bottom six guy. Maybe a bit more of a scoring touch, I'll say, than Patrick Brown. But he's a guy who can play NHL games for you, but in a perfect world, is a top-line player in the AHL. Yeah, and what I like about Matthew Highmore Ross is he's a playmaker, as you can see from uh, his stat sheet here. He had 42 assists in 68 games. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So you love to see that. Now, as we've alluded to, the key note to look at here is the AHL salaries, the minor salaries. So Matthew Highmore, his uh, total salary is seven seventy-five thousand cap it, cap it, but his minor salary is four hundred thousand, and that's the thing, Ross. Like Belleville was able to scoop up fringe NHL guys, but they're gone after a year because they're trying to get a bigger bag in the AHL. And we even heard, I forget who told us this, but well, Logan Shaw is the perfect example. That's where I was going. Yeah. Logan Shaw wanted to stay here. He liked being in Belleville, but then when the Marlies are offering you close to half a mil to play there and Belleville's not even scratching six figures, like you, you just, you can't turn that type of money down if you're Logan Shaw, right? No salary cap in the AHL pills. Yeah. Weird. Um, but that's the thing, like you need to incentivize these guys. And the thing is now, like, I think maybe Ottawa was comfortable doing that. Cause they're like, Hey, we're a rebuilding team injuries happen. Maybe you get a call up, maybe then you get the bag. But now that that's just not the case, right? You can't dangle that carrot in front of these guys anymore. They're, they know the roster. They're aware of kind of where they sit. So you have to entice them. Hey, if you're going to be in Belleville, you're going to like playing there. You're going to like the paychecks there. Um, so I think. That's a really big move, and you mentioned it, Ross. I think that probably has a lot of Michael Ann Lauer influence. Like a guy that uh, runs and, or I shouldn't say runs, owns an OHL team, he probably knows countless players that are playing in the AHL, and that's kind of their ceiling, and knows what they need and what they're looking for to stay there. From the owner's potential influence to the assistant GM, 
Ryan Bonus, who was the director yep. of player personnel in Pittsburgh, goes and grabs his former AHL captain in Josh Curry, who last played in the AHL two years ago. He went over and played the last two seasons in Russia in the KHL, where the numbers weren't as good. But in the AHL, I wanted to highlight, because this is the league he's coming back to, 23 points in 24 games with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. And like I said, just the familiarity to the organization, plays center, plays wing. And again, he's just going to bring that level of solid top-line AHL talent to the Ottawa Senators organization. And again, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays, if, if injuries come, this is a guy, and you're looking at it now, like that's a long track record of playing in uh, in the pro league in North America. And Pilsy, just like Matthew Highmore, good East Coast boy. This one's from PEI. Yeah, absolutely. You love to see that. And he's 30 years old, so you get some veteran uh, presence, like you mentioned, lots of pro experience. And I think Josh Curry is going to be a really good guy for Belleville because he's done it all. I'm looking at ECHL, AHL, NHL, KHL. Like he's going to have a lot of experience to kind of mentor these guys. Like, hey, there's different ways of going about things. Your hockey career is going to be ups and downs. Here's kind of the knowledge that I can lend you guys from what I've experienced. And and I think it's good that he's coming from the KHL and he's coming back to North America because he, he this guy's trying to kickstart his, uh, his North American game again. And I think he's got an opportunity to do it here. And one thing I want to mention, Ross, if you notice a bunch of these players, what's the position the uh, Ottawa Senators slash Belleville Senators are coveting? Centerman. Remember last year, this team had, like, they they were struggling to get centerman. I mean, Robe, uh, David Bell told us, Roby Arventi, most of the reason he played center for the first time was out of default. He's like, we don't got centermen. Someone's got to play there. And it ended up working out really well, which is interesting in, in and of itself. But that's the trend I looked at right away. I was like, wow, a couple centermen being brought in here. Exactly. And even though centermen are being brought back in, some are staying like Rook Chartier, who only played 40 games. Pilsy, half a goal per game guy, 20 goals in 40 games. And get this, 40 AHL games last year, zero penalty minutes. This guy kept it clean and even got a taste in Ottawa. Yeah, I was really happy they brought Rook Chartier back. I was disappointed Jake Lucini couldn't join them. I believe he went off to San Jose as well, right? Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota, Minnesota, yes. Um, Closer so to home. I think he's a Wisconsin, uh, or no, a BC guy, but played in Wisconsin. Yeah, I know he's from Trail, uh, so definitely a BC guy. But uh, yeah, I'm glad they brought back uh, Rook Chartier. And uh, I think that's that's a guy that fit in nicely in this organization. So that's that's a good move. Jake Lucini, Michigan Tech, Michigan, Minnesota, same thing. Same thing. Northern, like 52nd, 53rd states, or should I say like 10th, 3rd, and 11th provinces. Uh, Anyways, Rook Chartier, though, 20 goals, 40 games. I like the move. And again, just can never have too much depth. And Pilsy, I think I mentioned on the show that uh, Pierre Dorian likes winners. Oh, yeah. Pierre Dorian loves winners. Jonas Corposalo, Calder Cup champion. Also, Garrett Pilon. Calder Cup champion. 53 games last year with Hershey. Again, a centerman coming back into the organization. 11 goals, 18 assists. This guy plays hard nose, but he also plays the point on the power play. How do I know this? Well, he scored a five-overtime game winner against Joey Decord in the 
Calder Cup final this year. And the celebration, if you're watching on YouTube, from that photo, courtesy of the Hershey Bears, is exactly from that moment. So a guy who had a pension for a big moment, that put the team up 3-2 in the series. They go to Coachella Valley and win it after. So he comes in on a one-year deal, again, $775,000. And again, a guy with a ton of AHL experience. Yeah, this is another player I was really excited about, Ross. And I mean... You know, the Hershey Bears are a really good AHL program. I, I mean, uh, Troy Mann spent a lot of time there, so we heard a bunch about the Hershey Bears. And I just think that he's going to bring kind of some AHL pedigree to this lineup, like winning a championship, that's pretty good. So I'm, I'm definitely down for, uh, for all the new, all the new signings. Ross, I, I thought after kind of doing some research, I, I thought I was pleasantly surprised with them. Hey, one goal in three NHL games too. That ain't bad. There we with, go, a <laughs> boy. With the Washington Capitals, he's also of uh, Cree descent, so I like that. Getting a little diversity in the mix too, and awesome. um, same with Bokonji and Mama as well. So good. I like that for the Ottawa Senators as well. But most importantly, these guys can play they all seem like great leaders in the locker room as well and they all have different skills right we talk about high more more of a assist playmaker work chartier more of a shooter more of a score and garrick pilon more of a guy who can play in i think a middle six ahl role but can bang bodies and really be hard to play against and set the culture and set the the type of team that you're going to be so the ottawa senders yeah corpus is their only real nhl addition but they added a ton of ahl vets and it's time to make a run for the Calder Cup for Belleville. Like, we obviously have a soft spot for Belleville yep. working there for the two seasons, but like, come on. Like, let's get this team a playoff game at home where they're not facing elimination their first home game. Like, come on. Yeah. And I mean, like, there's so many good prospects down in Belleville too. You don't want these guys to get comfortable with losing and to, to kind of feel that that's like the culture there. So I think it shows to Ross that they really care about this because I feel like in years past, we saw these AHL deals happening later on. Like the Sens were just signing the scraps. Whereas this, this time they targeted their guys, they put their money where their mouth was and they brought them in. So great changes happening here in Ottawa. And Absolutely. Hey, final thoughts on today's show? Final thoughts are, hey, there's still a lot of time left in free agency. There's a lot of time for the Debrinket news to shake out. So if you're nervous about how it's going, just just stay, stay relaxed, stay calm, and uh, just know that the back end is taken care of. And for the Ottawa Senators, goaltending and defense has been a, a nightmare the last couple of years. So that's a big sigh of relief for me, and uh, I'm feeling good about it moving forward. If you do want to panic shop, though, because of the Debrinket situation, farm to fork delivery.ca, yes. promo code sends 10, 10% off your first order. Pillsy, final thoughts for me. Tomorrow's a big day to be yes. following on Send Central. Tomorrow, today, 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 podcast life recording late on Sunday night, uh, just before midnight Eastern time. And we're going to be down at dev camp. Yep. We've got the cameras. We've got the whole setups mentioned off the top, but like you're going to expect to hear over the next couple of weeks, we're going to spread it out a little bit. Tyler Boucher, Tyler Clevin, maybe even Stephen Halliday working on that. Uh, Oscar Pedersen. And I needed, I need to talk to Philip Nordberg. Yep. I need to introduce Philip Nordberg, who seems like the biggest character of all time to the Ottawa Senators fan base. So that's our goals for you this week. Uh, and Tyler Boucher as well, uh, who I randomly ran into at the uh, Red Blacks game, him and Stephen Halliday can confirm Stephen Halliday is 6'4", 215. Yeah. Big that kid, jumped eh? out when you see the development uh, roster. You always take a peek and it's like, okay, Boucher's 208, like 207, like big guy. And then you're like, 
215. <laughs> like Clevin's 205 on it listed. Yeah, yeah. So Halliday, pretty much same frame as Roby Yarventi. I thought uh, you were going to say me. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man for more you can follow us on twitter at send central instagram locked on dot senators i don't know what's going to happen today if you're watching this so subscribe on youtube maybe we'll go live the sends are skating from 1 to 3 p.m if you see us at the sendsplex say hi say what up yep. give us some daps love seeing the citizens out there in the wild and it's just a great atmosphere all open to public i still tell the story like it's like me talking to Chris Neal at the retirement game, man. <laughs> I'm still talking to him. Like every time I, how many times I brought up Mark Stone skating at Dev Camp? Lots. Like it's so cool that you can watch them start. It's like they're in their little cocoon yeah. starting and then watch them grow into full time NHLers and turn like Mika Zabanajad was a stud at that. And like, but then there's some others where I was like, Marcus Nurmi's shot is so good. He's going to be a star. And then you can laugh about it for years to come with sense prospects and that type of thing. So it's always a fun time of year development camp. It's great that it's back to pre COVID style. Yeah. They're all together. It's open to the public and we're going to have an absolute blast there. Yeah. And it's cool too, Ross, because it's all the young guys, right? Like there's no kind of grizzled vet out there, like uh, keeping things in check. Wade like, Redden was on the ice though. Well, yes. The development coaches. Yes, of course. Um, but it's just, it's such a, exuberant energy like there's so much uh hype and uh optimism so uh, I i'm excited for dev camp it's a great time and i'm excited to be back in ottawa i it's my second home it's great to be back first time in the summer in a long time yes a long time so it's good it's good all right yeah i did a walk at pink lake today too just a great day in the nation's capital and we're expecting another one today for today though we say goodbye for brandon pillar I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day.